Attention, the movie guys love movies. Any comments about how we are broadcasting live from the red carpet at the Oscars are purely for entertainment purposes only. Just because we're pre-recording the show and technically the Oscars aren't for another three days after this, uh, the red carpet is covered with plastic. But other than that, live from the Oscars, it's the movie guys. And much drier than last year when we were here, which is nice. A lot less beeping. A lot less people trying to knock the water off of the tents. My not favorite. Not as many people backing up. Not as many no. people backing up. People backing up. Still could happen. But I'll give you my favorite sound so far. It's when people roll up and down the plastic-covered red carpet. It sounds like they're on bubble wrap. Yeah. Yeah. How does that happen? Which makes me want to go down there and not be up here. For anybody that wants the real feeling of being on the red carpet right now, just roll some bubble wrap on your floor and <laughs> walk across it. You're going to be You know, right actually, now. anybody who gets new carpeting, it's just like being at the Oscars. There you go. Really Three is. days beforehand. Start prepping your speeches. Uh, welcome to the Movie Showcast, everybody. As part of the vast and sprawling Movie Guys empire, and we believe in death, destruction, chaos, filth, and greed. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, characters, bits, special guests, and more as we broadcast from the site of the 87th Academy Awards. Right behind us, actually, is the Dolby Theater. That's T-H-E-A-T-R-E. So Pronounced the and you can, yeah. Hey, you can, the R-E. You can tell that much. we're in Hollywood because... And you it's so fancy, it's also right next to the hard rock. <laughs> yeah, so I was just going to say you can tell that we are in Hollywood indeed because it smells like urine. And it's being taken over by the British. Don't the British spell theater backwards? That is very like all our actors are British everything now. backwards. Right? And anybody who plays a character that's from space is British. Space, superhero, Superheroes. Scotland, they're all mm-hmm. British. Well, listen, they don't stop making movies, so we don't stop making shows about movies, which means uh, you can get a new show every week on iTunes, SoundCloud, Vimeo, PulpEpic.com, Stitcher, Player.fm, and, of course, the MovieGuys.net, absolutely free. And we encourage you to subscribe, especially at iTunes. And if you do, still, no charge. There's your housekeeping. Oh, and we're also on WBAD.net. Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. I'm your host for the hardest-working podcast on the airwaves, Paul Preston, here with Karen Volpe. Ah, Mama, eat your fucking fish. <laughs> Adam Witt. Bitches leave. And Bart Caius. Hardwired for your entertainment. Uh, later on the show, and this is exciting, we're going to have yes. uh, an actor join us who is in one of the nominated films, American <gasps> Sniper. We're so relevant. We had, I know. We had, <laughs> I, I don't know what to do with that. Last week. We've got someone who's in American Sniper here for the yeah. Oscar show. And, and the Hard Rock Cafe's right there. <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting paid by the Hard Rock Cafe, Adam? Our no, new sponsor, the Hard Rock Cafe. Right. <laughs> I like the fact that Paul went out of the way to have uh, helicopters fly over to make us feel at home. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just like, like, just like the Admiral's Club. Club. Just like the Admiral's Club. We have military helicopters, though, tonight just to protect Brad Pitt. Aircraft hovering <laughs> above. Every once in a while, the flashing lights from Hard Rock do feel make me feel like there's paparazzi checking us out. That's true. Good. It's That's very true. exciting. I'll take, I'll take that. Either that or we're in the red light district. Rock and roll themed drinks. Oh, I never even has said who it is. Iman Saman is oh. joining us. Oh, oh good. Iman Saman. Now, I don't want to give anything away, but he's not the sniper, right? This, I'm not going to tell you. Okay. I'm not telling you. Because you haven't seen, seen it, you haven't seen a, it, have you? Uh, uh, prime <laughs> location right now. <laughs> we seem to be in a sniper <laughs> spot, yes. Uh, he plays, uh, he's credited as father. Now, but, but Father number one? If you go to IMDb, it's his father. But let me tell you, the guy's got a substantial it's a role. Scene. It's a crucial scene. It's a crucial scene. Yeah, so I wish they gave the we guy a name character-wise. We could uh, make up a name for the father character. Father, well, he probably hasn't, well, we'll ask him when he comes All right, good, good, good. I imagine yeah, he we'll might have know. questions when he shows I'm up. sure I'll have questions. I'm going to call him Father Fun. 
Until he comes in and tells us the name. Father and tells us what fun. his name is. Yeah, movie's nothing fun. but fun. They took out the part where he dresses like a clown and entertains them, but anyway. Because that's what fathers do. Well, I've yeah. seen Father yeah. the Bride. <laughs> and I've whole, seen what's Parenthood. That Jerry, Parenthood. What's that right? Jerry Lewis movie where he's a clown in the Holocaust? Oh, my God. Oh, in the Holocaust. The Day the Clown Cry. The There's the a whole the... angle of that to American Sniper. They got cut. Hardly oh, good. Working <laughs> is another Jerry Lewis movie in which he plays a clown, which I loved so much as a kid, I saw it twice. I see it as an adult. I'm sorry, Dad. I made you go twice. Uh, that was an HBO movie. You talk, we always talk about what movie was on HBO at the time. He cries at the beginning is taking the clown makeup off? Like, that's such a Jerry Lewis thing. Hardly working. Yeah, hardly yeah, yeah, working. Right. Uh, the world is going to be focused, and the industry, of course, on American Sniper and the other nominated films here this weekend. But new movies have the audacity to open in How theaters. And that means we can, we're going to talk about them like we do every week, prepping you for what's ahead at the Cineplex. So this will probably be the last time anyone... Here's this. And now, from the red carpet of the Oscars, let's talk about Hot Tub Time Machine 2 and the Duff. <laughs> but also opening this weekend. Cross country running. California is holding their first state championship this year. You do understand we don't have a cross country team? Yep. You've coached cross country before? No. You competed in high school, maybe? No. Well, you sound perfect. Also, in addition to what you just said there, live from the Man's Chinese showing Seventh Son. Oh, Jesus. And uh, they just had uh, some, I don't know, uh, Possessed by the Devil movie. I can't remember. Oh. Lazarus Effect. Oh, yeah, Lazarus Effect. Oh, that opens Effect. next week, yeah. Is That's that what about they're doing with the Chinese? They they're, they're using the Lazarus Effect to, char to harness all the powers of the theater that is now the TCL. In China. IMAX. I believe uh, that uh, uh, the Interstellar director said the best to see Lazarus Effect is an IMAX, <laughs> 75 millimeter. Evil you know, will rise. That is the closest Lazarus Effect and the other movie are going to make it to the Oscars. <laughs> oh, sorry, we just played a clip from the theater years. next to the event that's actually holding the Oscars. Yes. yes. We probably just talked over that <laughs> when you play it. Uh, oh, also this weekend uh, celebrates the best films of 2014, so we'll each be chiming in with our own top five films ah. from uh, from 2014. I'm expecting diversity. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, Paul, as you uh, recall, I earlier on, um, or actually early this year, I declared that I will not be going to the movies anymore, at least out in public. So this my top five. That's show. true. Yeah. I know. This is a guy who we, we've let be a movie guy. Well, that's a guy who doesn't go to the movie. He's guy the TBS guy at this so point. My top five is going to come straight off of TBS. Is it like, is well, not. TV. Did, did they have to have come out in 2014. Well, that's not true. Well, they came oh, out on good TV. Lord. In okay, All but right. I want to say you said you said diversity, but two of mine are Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> All right. Well, our first film of the weekend. This uh, hot tub can do more than give you hepatitis and strep throat. <laughs> it can transport you through time. It's Hot Tub Time Machine 2. Adam, let's tell everybody what it's all about. <laughs> Hot Tub Time Machine does what it does best and returns to the present. This time, the past is the future. But then, isn't it with every sequel? If you missed the original Hot Tub Time Machine in 2010, this franchise looks like The Hangover meets Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Or to those of you who can't remember all the way back to 2010, it's like The Hangover 3 meets Project Almanac. <laughs> When last we left the affable crew of future pop references like Craig Robinson. Remember him? Oh, and Rob Corddry. Oh, I totally remember him. And Clark Duke. Is that McLovin? No. They had skewed the past to enrich themselves in the future, and that is the number one no-no of time travel, uh, along with all the others. Oh, I see what's going on here. When the guys realize that their future doesn't quite turn out the way they anticipated, they come up with a plan to go back to the point in time when things went wrong and fix it. See, now that sounds like a logical and feasible approach to addressing the potentially complex and 
confusing plot device of time travel. You hear that, Total Recalls? Yes, time travel is the sci-fi concept that eliminates itself like Sarah Connor in the recent past if you discuss it too long. And so it's high time that somebody made a comedy with the ridiculous ramifications of the sci-fi premise that eats itself alive. It's a movie about rewriting history. So it's like we're watching an alternate version of Hot Tub Time Machine 1, where John Cusack has been completely left out. This time they're joined by Adam Scott. Oh yes, I remember him from the 2010s as the guy who's not John Cusack. Chevy Chase returns as the repairman who tells the gang about the Hot Tub Time Machine's time travel ability. Then the gang goes back to the 70s to see if they can do anything to keep him funny. <laughs> so let's recap the cast. That's Parks and Recreation's Adam Scott, Saturday Night Live's Chevy Chase, The Office's Craig Robinson, mm -hmm. The Daily Show's Rob Corddry, and Hot Tub Time Machine's Clark Duke. <laughs> now, did they mess with something, Paul? Yeah, Paul, well, I ask you a serious question in the middle of all. I'm not, I'm not fooling around. Did they mess uh, with something in the time stream? I mean, we didn't, we didn't lose John Cusack, did we? Do we still have Andrew McCarthy? Uh, somebody go check. I'll, I will check for you. <laughs> not playing at the Chinese Theater. No. It has been taken over by This isn't uh, horrible bosses, too. And I, I know that sounds like an obvious statement, but what I mean to say is... Well, I mean, I, it's obvious, but <laughs> are you praising the well, film? Are you praising or... or? Well, Horrible uh, Bosses yeah. was, was a sleeper funny movie that yeah. ended up being a, a lot better than than anything the box office revealed. But Hot Tub Time Machine wasn't that good to begin with, was it? Here's the thing about it. I, I think I, I saw it, movie, so I, and I, think, I don't remember any of it. I think Paul and I saw it and liked it. Oh, okay. And I couldn't tell you anything about it can't remember yeah. really now, here's it's, the thing it's a de it's a really decent super decent premise actually it's a great and it's a funny thing like a hot tub, a hot tub takes them back in time and they have to get drunk but, in the hot tub yeah which i love yeah they have to get out but it's like people who do work their ass off for the joke craig robinson works his ass off to make sure you laugh rob cordry in a di very different way works his ass off and clark duke sort of subtly says stuff and, uh, you know, and John Cusack. Who doesn't love John Cusack? Well, now, this is normally where I make some wise-ass jokes The producers about how... of this movie, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> about how I didn't see the first one, so I hope I don't get lost in the second one. Yeah. But I think you actually have to see the first one to understand oh, no, no, what no, they're no. doing. No? I thought you were going to make the opposite joke. I don't think you need <laughs> oh, <okay. to. laughs> the It's trailer... a hot tub that sends people back in time. <laughs> You're caught up. <laughs> <laughs> the trailer seems to have a lot of backstory. To, I'm like, oh, I don't know what happened and why well, he's famous. The backstory famous is the history of America. They go back to the oh, Civil okay. War. And <laughs> but they're all, they're all rich and famous as a result of their previous hot tub. Yes. Well, that is a little bit of... And I don't know what they did. But here's another oh, they movie. Went back and Ron he, um, Cordry comes back and invents the internet. He does exactly yeah. what you would do. You should see this. <laughs> you, you would go like, hey, we have time travel. I'm going to go invent the internet before someone else. That's before Al Gore does it. Yeah, exactly. Rob Cordy beats Al Gore to inventing the internet. <laughs> but it did. It, it was supposed to come out in Christmas. Right, I That's saw that on the trailer. trailer. Said Christmas. That yeah. I watched, yeah, it's coming out now. So you know, once again, why February? <laughs> because somebody gave us a very nice Christmas present, and they waited until after Christmas to give us the movie. But I'll tell you, this is this. All three of these movies. It sounds weird. I'm excited to see. Normally in February, I could give or take. I would see all three. Well, excited, maybe a little much. But I would see any of these. I'd see this movie. There's a ton of great laughs in this so trailer. So when you say for, see uh, this movie, machine, you mean you wouldn't avoid seeing the Duff? If it were on on a plane, you, know, I you watched would actually the Duff, watch it? And I think that the girl uh, who's the lead in that, I loved her in Arrested Development, hey, I would give her? that a day. I'd give that a day in her? court. Her? Who? Her? What? Her? Who? Anne? Uh, don't be such an Anne hog. Egg? 
Egg? Egg? Well, it says Anne has the nose on Plain's face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, actually, that looks like a really good, like there was the to-do list about this time last year. And again, this is like a good time to release these sort of like ubiquitous... Wait, the to-do list? What the hell is a to-do list? The to-do list... We cover every movie, don't we? Because I don't remember that movie at all. That is a friend of a friend of the show. That wrote Wait a minute, to-do list, is that the chick that loses her virginity? Yes. She and makes she's a from list. Park and Rec. I remember that now. And she's going okay, to college. Yeah. Uh, Aubrey Plaza? Aubrey Plaza. Jim Hader. Right, yeah. Audrey. Bill Hader. Bill Aubrey. Hader. And Bill Hader's wife wrote it. And uh, and she is uh, uh, was a writing partner with uh, Craig Kukowski's sister. Friend right. of a friend of a friend <laughs> of the show. That's how you roll. That that movie was on TBS, and I did catch some of it. There and, you go. Uh, it is really awkwardly paced and is timed it? out. Yeah, it's it seemed really like weird. they had to take the NC-17 mm. out of it. Like it should have been like shit fist, shit. Fuck, so you know what that means. Shit fist. I saw that. Shit, shit fist. I think now you're talking about Fifty Shades of Grey. Shit fist. Fifty Shades of Fisting. <laughs> you get shit fist, you're doing it wrong. What is the porn title of Fifty Shades of Grey? Has anybody seen that? Uh, not yet. yet. It's got to be. It's got to be. You just go gay, right? Fifty Shades of Gay, and then you get oh, gay. Oh, there you yeah. go. Perfect. Yeah. And then you have two Oh, you know that happens. Yeah, I mean, happen. I'm, not, I'm not. My favorite. Stretching I, here. I've said it on the show. I'll say it again. There's a super corporate Seinfeld, the Triple X parody. I bet mean, it's Fifty Shades of Grey, the Triple X parody. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's so corporate. Like guys, enough of the parody titles. They're not selling. <laughs> like there's a Nobody super corporate that guy clever. in the porn offices. It's too clever. <laughs> Hot tug time machine will be coming. Let's <laughs> <laughs> start a new segment. What are the porn titles for this week? That's movie? right. Well, let's all at least right. do it for the rest of the show. Okay. okay all right. so let's get on to our next film. Okay. Uh, okay. Our next. Oh, oh. What? This reminds me of an announcement to make. Um, the movie guys preview of McFarland USA, our next film, mm-hmm. is dedicated to Austin Wolf. Austin Wolf, Instagram fan of the movie, guys. Oh. Thanks for tuning in. Thank so I wanted you. To tell you thanks for tuning in. That's great. See, all you have to do is tell us you like the show, and we will mention you on the show. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, now, you might think McFarlane USA is a Disney film about their new Seth McFarlane theme park. <laughs> Ride the American Dad Ferris wheel. Smell the tunnel of Stewie. Throw a softball at a milk bottle and walk away with a foul-mouthed, oversexed teddy bear. Rostoyevsky. <laughs> well, it's not. Turns out it's about cross-country running, which means... This will climax with a race sequence and families coming together, right? It's a movie, isn't it? Did you love Unbroken? Well, here's another movie about running. As a coach with little training in cross-country running, leads a predominantly Mexican-American high school running team to the championship. Can Kevin Costner inspire a group of kids to achieve greatness? Spoiler alert! Uh, yeah. Kevin Costner was cast as an inspiring P.E. coach by No Shit Casting, who also perfectly cast John Malkovich as John Malkovich in Being John Malkovich. <laughs> Stroke a genius. If last month's Black or White starring Kevin Costner wasn't enough to convince you that he loves minorities, well, this month he stars in McFarland, USA, where he teaches a bunch of Mexican kids how to run. Insert racist illegal immigration joke here. Costner certainly feels the need to make up for something with another movie about how much he likes minorities. Yeah! He is making a habit of telling other groups of people who aren't from here what to do. Black Americans, Mexican Americans, Man of Steel Americans. An American icon in a Disney film helping Hispanic day laborers pursue the American dream while treating them like human beings. Cue the monthly conservative telethon. Let me guess. Outrage? The worst thing they've ever seen? And the end is near for them and their kind. So won't you please help? Call the number on screen or contact your local Limbaugh Center to see what you can do to make the pain stop for America's white elite. Call now. When will white people learn? Having wealth and social advantage never bodes well for athletic accomplishments. Owning a house, yes, but not sports. 
In black or white, Costner played Elliot Anderson. And just when you thought Elliot Anderson was the whitest name Kevin Costner ah. could play in a movie featuring a minority, here comes McFarland USA, where he plays a really white guy named, wait for it, Jim White. Ah! That's right! Oh, I wanted to make a joke about that. Thank you. Mayonnaise jars and Wonder Bread bags fill up at the mere utterance of this character's name. Now, the internet has been heard to exclaim that McFarlane USA is the first great movie of 2015. Okay. Being called the best movie of the year when it's only February is like being the tallest man in a room full of little people. Sure, it's true, but not much of an accomplishment. Sorry, Wedding Ringer, it was a good run. Will the runners overcome adversity and finally win the division championship? You'll have to see the film or just read the Wikipedia page. There you go. That's what we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and the synopsis for this on IMDb is literally uh, Kevin Costner is a coach that teaches his athletes or trains his athletes to become champions. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How All do right. they do that? Practice? Oh, they, they practice a lot and they Let win. Let me guess. Practice. Yeah. Let me guess. And is that given by the uh, – well, how does IMDb work? Can, can I go on there and just give them the plot to shit and then put them up there? It's not a Wikipedia, right? It would it, it would do better if it were Wikipedia based. But I've seen them like when you read synopses, there'll be sometimes there'll be two or three of them, each one oh, yeah? submitted by a different user. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think they go through some sort of vetting, but you know, I could say Costner is racist, then he teaches kids, and then he isn't. The end. Let's <laughs> see if it gets up there. That's a funny. You mentioned I didn't place it. Yeah, last month it was black and white, yep. in which he was uh, helping inspire uh, black kids. Black kids, yeah. And now uh, Hispanics. I mean, this is totally the tour that Mel Gibson should have done immediately after he melted down. It's just all of a sudden his movies are like helping, helping, race, like well, different races. Next like, month he's just got very desperately by the third one, like please. He's got <laughs> Yellow Sun coming out next month. But if this is as good as Miracle or something like but that, you know, I'm not expecting it to be Field of Dreams. Well, it's a Disney movie. It's the world's fastest. It okay. literally is a bunch of kids <laughs> or, uh, that practice hard and achieve something. I think I saw this when they did Cool Runnings. Isn't this there the same movie? There you go. Movie? Cool Runnings, Miracle, um, any other practice hard win movie. It's kind of what Disney does when they're not shooting bears or animating things, right? But here's somebody <laughs> tell me if this is an actual thing to take in mind when you go see Million this Million Dollar Arm. Yeah. It says, it says Disney oh. presents McFarlane USA. Now, that, like, Disney presents also, remember that movie Doug? Disney presents Doug. Doug. Yeah, the animator. Disney presents. Yeah. Well, that's what. I want this movie to say Walt Disney Pictures presents. Uh, you know? And that would mean a little more mystique. Well, prestige. wait a minute. Cinderella came up on the. I watched the McFarland USA trailer, and that was nice and everything. I was trying to think of some jokes, but on the right hand side, because it's Disney, all these trailers came up for the new Cinderella movie. So yeah. I immediately clicked on one and went into a Cinderella wormhole for about 20 minutes. And I do not remember anything that the McFarland was about, but that movie looks fascinating, the Cinderella movie. <laughs> so I wonder. I wonder, because I love Downton Abbey. And so two of the girls from Downton Abbey, the Cinderella, she is beautiful, by the way. Minute, she is Rose. Live action Cinderella. Live action. She's live a hottie, dude. You have to check it out. Super skinny in that Super poster. skinny and gorgeous. And one of the ugly stepsisters is one of the chambermaids, and she's hysterical. And it's going to be amazing because they're all. It? I'm telling you, people from Downton Abbey. Oh, and Kate so Blanchett. Nobody I know. And Kate Blanchett okay. and Helena Bottom Carter. Kate, Kate oh. Blanchett will be awesome kill as yes. the wicked stepmother. Oh, she's Absolutely. Wicked stepmother. And yeah. Helena yeah. Bottom Carter has to play a character whose hair is all messed up, so she's playing the um, oh, right fairy near godmother yeah. right in her wheelhouse. Yeah, they just did the Snow Whites. They just did the. Mm -hmm. uh, what was the uh, Maleficent? That's the story. That's Sleeping Beauty. That right? was Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty, and yeah, I mean. 
So this is cool. But I don't think this is one of those like extension movies. It's just the Cinderella story. We're not going to find out like Cinderella was also a spy or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> but I think was this might be a Walt Disney's Pictures presents. That's, That's what I'm saying. Uh, I think they'll give I'm it hopeful, that prestige. I'm hopeful. So. Walt Disney's always had that thing where they separate themselves because they were just like animated movie, anime, you know, Pinocchio, all that sort of stuff. And that's a Disney movie. And then they started like, you know, Disney Presents, Disney denies the existence of, Disney <laughs> uh, thought that Cinderella, Cinderella 3 straight to video movie. Dis- Disney accidentally bought the rights to. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing Cinderella, but unfortunately, Seventh Son is playing over at the Chinese. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> and Jupiter Ascending. I'm going to go after this, actually. I want to go see that. Oh, and I want to say that whenever Into the Woods, we've got to go back to Cinderella for a second. In Into the Woods, whenever Cinderella was going to the ball and she had her gown and everything, it looked like a cheap gown that you'd buy for your little girl princess at this Disney store. But in this preview for the Walt Disney's Pictures Presents Cinderella, it is gorgeous. Her dress is fantastic. I'm glad you brought that up. I yes. hope this Cinderella movie. So McFarlane USA opens this Friday. Um, yes, tell I hope me. that Cinderella <laughs> addresses the problems I had with Into the Woods. I hope there's a fairy godmother because here's a problem with Into the Woods. She is a fairy godmother. She's not a tree <laughs> that there's, there's helps. A, yeah, her mom lives in a tree. Addresses the problem of a completely different movie. Yeah, <laughs> because in Into <laughs> the Woods, uh, Cinderella's mom lives in a tree and gives her like the the dress she needs to go to the ball. Which was not so that pretty. So she goes to the ball and then she leaves. But I don't understand why she leaves if it wasn't given her to it by a fairy godmother who said at midnight it's going to expire and everything will turn to shit. Your coach will turn back into a pumpkin. But that's your in this will back Cinderella, into... the new so, one. I, please give me that. That's okay. because that makes sense. And Otherwise, I don't know why you run from the prince who you're dying gorgeous. to get with your whole life. She is, did I mention, beautiful. And she's beautiful. Okay, okay. so we'll go. I would like to put the audience here in our, in our seats oh, yes. right now. Okay. Thinking, oh, this must be so fun and everything like that. We are right at exhaust height for all the generators over here. <laughs> there is just a waft of, it's like a car is parked right off but camera. It, and but I it have is to washing tell you, away the urine and pot smell that well, was predominant before. I just want to explain that perhaps that will give you an idea of why Nancy O'Dell and all the people that stand up here during the Oscars seem a little flighty because they're up here for hours yeah. smelling exhaust. Hey, and also when you watch Oscar night, we're in CNN's box right now. So if you go, oh, Legitimate. that you looks familiar when you watch CNN yeah. for the Oscars, boom. We'll or guys right here. If, if this particular show seems uh, you know very hard-hitting and factual, Hard. it's because we are first and foremost journalists. Of course. And then entertainers, <laughs> as the sign would prove. As the sign would suggest. Right, so go see McFarlane USA. Okay. And <laughs> because, oh, last thing I'll say about it, it is the transition of or Kevin Costner thing. from playing all these sports players now into sports coaches. Oh, that's true. Draft day, he was an owner, he wasn't a coach, but he seemed to fit that role well, even though I didn't enjoy that movie. He's right to play that guy. But he's right to play this guy, and I hope he sticks around. Now he'll play coaches, and he'll go yeah, the Hackman route. Like a real athlete, he's, he's transitioning yes. from player to coach, yeah. but fake player to fake coach. And you're like right. Bruce Jenner, he's transitioning. <laughs> <laughs> go! All right, once again, the preview of McFarlane USA was dedicated to fan Austin Wolf, whose name is now being spoken on the Oscars red carpet. So Ooh. Congratulations, Not Austin. everyone can say that their name was spoken on the Oscars red carpet. And without any sort of uh, swearing or... Not yet. Not yet, Austin. So hopefully wherever you are, you find that cool, unless, of course, you're the uh, your dad is Dick Wolf, who created Law & Order, and then this is no big deal. But, <laughs> Austin, there you go. Oh, and I got recognized at work the other day by someone who came you up did? and said, you're Paul from the movie, guys. What? I hope that keeps happening. Well, so, world, if you see me wonderful. out there, just say hello, because it makes us feel great. Wow. Like Adam That's says, great. we don't want to be just shouting into the ether. Yeah. <laughs> We're, uh, you know. Although, i got to say, if, interact. You're, if you're listening to this, this is an essential viewing for the YouTube because you can see us right here but also we're all wearing our tuxedo t-shirts 
and I wore mine today because it's actually super laundry day. Like this is like literally the last shirt I have, and I don't put this in a rotation a lot. People love it. They like I recognized all day in in a way, you know, all day long. People were like, "Hey, great shirt." Hey, is he a spy? Or is it laundry day? Is that Colin Firth? Oh James no, laundry Bond? day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, our final film of After the new week is pretty much a, a, a lock to find its stars and so filmmakers here. On a weekend like this, you're like, it's the Oscars. What do we release? Yeah, I think these uh, filmmakers will be here next year on the red carpet as we talk about the Duff. Karen, let's tell everyone what it's about. Good news for kids needing a new thing to call a fat kid, as the Duff registers a new term for the designated ugly fat friend into the pop culture lexicon. Although we're not sure how one gets designated to be ugly and fat, those seem like things that are a result of bad genetics, not insensitive classmates. So this is a movie about someone who isn't sexy, attractive, or good looking? Is this like a foreign independent film from Zambia or something? Designated Ugly Fat Friend. Now, we used to have a much more innocent term for this back in the 90s, which is the new back in the 50s. <laughs> we used to call them the Designated Cock Blocker. And then we'd go back to listening to Disintegration by The Cure. It was a much more fun term. It was a much more innocent time. But now everything sucks. The internet, and not having to look at someone while you belittle their very existence, has led to the rise of some serious professional demeaning without having to lose face by yelling your ignorant, hate-filled bile across a parking lot. But enough about the Republicans. Oh, oh, the, very concept, the very concept of this film seems like the chance to find the new Gabrielle Sidibe and empower an actual overweight woman. But that's shit for box office, so they went with an actress with far less potential for death from heart disease at 30. <laughs> but instead of taking Ariana Grande and giving her glasses and overalls, they actually made a pretty good choice by casting Mae Whitman. Who? Mae Whitman. Who? You know her better as Anne Veal from Arrested Development? Her? her? George Michael's frumpy girlfriend. So they've cast someone who's been professionally unattractive, but not actually that fat or ugly. Determined to erase the label of the Duff, Bianca determines to remake herself. Feminists plug your ears because to do so she enlists the help of a jock to help her win the heart of her crush, presumably by removing her glasses and wearing something other than the overalls. <laughs> Obviously there's more nuance to it than that, more than we're including here, because who wants a 98-minute preview of the Duff? <laughs> this isn't the first time Hollywood has made up a word or phrase and passed it off as something we're all supposedly familiar with just for the sake of a plot. Isn't that right, Hall Pass? And the English patient. <laughs> the Duff's name is Bianca, making her the ugliest girl with the hottest name ever. Her realization that she's a Duff motivates Bianca to spark a revolution in high school, social hierarchy, giving hope to all other Duffs in the world like Anastasia, Tiffany, Amber, <laughs> Venus, Bambi, and Giselle. And Hilary Duff. Are those all strippers? They all sound like strippers. This movie got me to thinking, what other new words are kids making up? Maybe blog, a bro longing over girls, or how about a glit, a gay lesbian transvestite, or maybe a bliff, a bald, limp, and fertile father figure. <laughs> She's also short, so why don't we call her a stuff? <laughs> stuff. <laughs> but isn't it stretching the truth to say everyone is someone else's duff? I mean, that's like saying every one in four people are crazy. So, if you can't figure out who it is, it's probably you. This movie about high school students coming of age reminds us just how good The Breakfast Club was. <laughs> there you go, that's the duck. 
I was, looks like a sharp teen comedy. I don't yeah. know. I, I'd see and it. I love that actress. I think she'll be really good. Who? I don't know who that guy is, though. Her? I don't know who the guy is. Yeah, no. This looks like who a clever is, teen who comedy. Who is the guy? Because I don't know who he is. I've never seen that guy before. Yeah. Hmm. I assume he's Jackie McJockerson. 18, and there's no reason I should have seen him by now. Yeah. Okay, but like, but this chick is going to be good. Jackie she's fun. Has 119 IMDb credits. Who? Talk about milking oh, the lead. That girl. She's a huge Anne Field. Wow. She's yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah. I mean, you think she, that's someone mm. that. And when they brought back the Arrested Development, you're like, oh, they also. I, I mean, they were kind of like a little bit of a joke, like, oh, of course they got right. her, but yeah. Her. Her. her? <laughs> Who? For a minute, oh. I thought there was a twist on this, but then it it, it is it is always because it's the ugly duckling story, right? It's yeah. it's the girl who doesn't yeah. realize she's beautiful, but then. Figures out how. But then she lets her hair down, takes her glasses off, and doesn't wear overalls. Realizes that teenage boys are easily fooled by just a little bit of cleavage and some well-placed makeup. Otherwise, she's the only girl that didn't realize. Wait a minute! If I show some leg, I'll get laid. Here's the other thing. I hope is an indicator that the movie's going to go somewhere else other than where they show us on the trailer. Is that there is a moment late in the preview when she asks for the help from the dumb jock guy. And you get the fact that they knew each other as kids. Yeah. And so you go, wait a minute. So maybe he actually does know who she is as a person and is going to help her find a way to cultivate that and let other people know that she's this funny girl that he hung out with as a kid. Yeah, I was happy to see it go that way because early in the trailer, he just sort of offends her by calling her a duff. And I thought, and oh, rich assholes, yeah. whatever. They, you know, I assume he's rich. Uh, it's the skinny handsome. <laughs> they usually are in these movies, douche. right? Yeah, yeah it's just well, he defending her. <laughs> but if they're friends, you know, that's better, I think, then. Yeah, it, it was an interesting pair up. I'd yeah. be curious to but see if they have fun. But it was an interesting moment in that trailer that you're talking about, Karen, because you do realize that there's a history between them two, between the two of them. But in the, the moment when he reveals to her that she's a duff, it does seem like out of nowhere he's telling her this thing that clearly has been in existence their entire relationship, and he's just now getting around to it? So it doesn't yeah. feel like, I mean, if you and I were friends Well, the term might be new. But wait a second. Oh, no. Does he just well, make, so he makes you know up the what? term? I don't know, maybe, maybe he heard it from the other Lee, girls. You know, there are bitchy girls, there are mean girls in Yes, this. but those girls are having been a girl in grade school don't exist in grade school. They arrive when girls start getting well, tits. she's a senior in this movie. Right, but these girls didn't, like when he was hanging out with her, oh, this I term see. and this idea that okay. you're not equal to another girl doesn't really happen to you until about ninth grade. And then some girls get tits, and you don't. I'm just saying I didn't. And then other girls don't like you anymore, and then all the guys like them, and all of a sudden you're the skinny, fat friend. At the end of that friend. story, she eventually got them. I eventually got tits. <laughs> I but I'm confirm. just saying. I can Perhaps they didn't have this issue until tits happened. And uh, speaking of Breakfast Club, because there was a... There was a moment in this where they talk about you can be either a princess, a jock, mm -hmm. or a basket case. Those are actually the, oh, right, the terms. Yeah. Those are the terms from Breakfast Club minus uh, brain. And you know what? Brain. Yeah, well, I, no one wants to be a brain. No anymore. one. It'll be a little homage though, too. Well, I, I think we've made fun of movies for for being no Breakfast Club, but I realize now when I do see any kind of teen movies, I'm like, they succeed to the degree to which they have seen all of John Hughes' movies and are de <laughs> and are determined to take some element of that. You know and what? I really think that's the success of any movie. Like, he crystallized the genre in such a way that I think the only really good ones are ones that have some shred of that in it. And I, I no longer will go, ah, you're ripping off 16 Candles. I'll be like, no, you really need to take 16 Candles right now and, you know, put in that music cue and show up in the red car and all that. Yeah. Well, you know what you made me just realize is that when I watch the teen movies today, I go, eh, that's not how teens behave. Then I realize just now, I have no idea how teens behave. No. Because when we I watched John teens. Hughes' movies, I was much closer to that yep. that, that culture and that yeah. society. Now, this might be spot on. God yeah. help us all if it is, but it might be oh, I feel, I have a feeling how teens is. think yeah. and behave and talk. And, and somebody might be watching The Duff and go, that's my breakfast club. Damn. I think kids is how all teens behave. 
Oh, I hope kids. not. Oh, God. Clark. <laughs> when I think of kids right now, just out there doing Hollywood High School oh, right yeah. here, I, that is the cast of kids. I guarantee it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, oh, but you mentioned Hillary Duff. What did happen to her? Was Who she is she again? Lizzie I McGuire. know that name. She's she from Lizzie TV, McGuire right? yeah. on, on Disney. Oh, Lizzie McGuire. Disney. And then she had the Lizzie McGuire movie, and then it kind of nothing. And I don't think I've even heard about her getting drunk and passing out like Tara Reid. Well, at least there's that. Yeah. At least she's... yeah. It's time for her to show her vagina. That gets you back in the news, right? <laughs> I think so. She has to hook up with the exact same agent that made uh, Britney Spears and Paris Hilton do it within a week of each other. It was so, like, obvious. Uh, yeah, stepping yeah. out of the limo. Stepping out of the limo. He's like, what, exact same move? Weird. <laughs> Oops. Uh, Oops in the exact same way? <laughs> yeah. Somebody's okay. publicist called somebody's right? publicist. exactly. It's they like call it doing the old William Morris. <laughs> <laughs> doing it William Morris style. Uh, all right, well, let's get to, uh, before we get uh, Iman in here, I want to talk to um, the, the Oscars. All right? This yes. will be celebrating the best films of 2014. So I want to go around now and find out uh, how in sync we are in picking our five favorite movies. See if they made the nominees. I will. Uh, I'm very passionate about this. Someone else. Someone is take it away. Adam. To, okay, because I've had this discussion recently. I have a lot of movie guys, friends, some of which have been on this show. Obviously, Steve and Charlie, and I've had two discussions this week about how this is the best Oscar years. I can remember in recent memory because there's always this difference between the stuffy stuff that gets nominated and what I like, yeah. which is generally like Guardians of the Galaxy. But this year, I mean, if you Whiplash absolutely on my favorite list, and the one I kept saying, if you listen to a couple episodes back, I kept saying the Grand Budapest Hotel the second time I watched it. If you've only watched it once, you have not watched it. That's true. It I is agree. So I have not watched it. Packed yeah. full of and, and 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 it's not just packed full of like art and subtext that's birdman that the birdman <laughs> is the art subtext movies art subtext movie it's that's a crazy artsy movie but it's also crazy entertaining it also stars michael keaton that is like an art house movie <laughs> that should not even be anywhere near the oscars that people would just go ah great experiment and it's here and it's nominated and it's like and good for it because as we've said it's not the people aren't just up for best actor. It's the most acted movie of the right. year. The most directed. It's the most directed movie, and it's the most cinematography movie. It's the most shot movie that is out there. And in terms of production design, uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel is the most designed movie and also the most shot movie. But anyway, it's just a really not for nothing. But Iñárritu and Emmanuel Lubezki, his cinematographer, yeah, their next film is being shot. Way up north with like Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hardy is like two trappers who are chasing each other in the woods in a place where they only have so much daylight per day that they can only shoot for so long and do so much with their with their shooting. Awesome. They, these guys. Awesome. Yeah. Inuritu says but, but he's not going to do anything regular ever again after Birdman. He's like, I, everything's got to be that way now. It's got to be a challenge. They've gone full Herzog, right? <laughs> they're, they're in the jungles. They're hauling ships over mountains and this sort of stuff. And yet it's being completely recognized in every category and every award thing. I mean, maybe Fitzcarraldo was as well, but 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 as an art film, as a as a foreign film, as a small specialty. These are small specialty films. Whiplash, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, and Birdman are specialty films that should not be this huge. And what should be nominated is that, you know... Unbroken. In, unbroken. Yeah. Oh, it has war. It has a guy who's good <laughs> at a sport. Was that and, even uh, nominated? No. No! no and awesome. That's what's amazing. Which is so great. That's what I hate about the Oscars every year. And, 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 it, and that's wonderful. I love it because you know what? 
it probably just does what it does. But things get too much credit for just doing what they do. These are, but these movies are all insane. Okay, so that's my top three. I, I and the other two are Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, next. I what concur. Wait a minute. No, what did you say? You said. Give us the five. Oh, yeah. What were yours? I agree with you. It, there's an embarrassment of riches this year it's because amazing. I was looking at the last couple of top. I made up for the last few years, and mm -hmm. they all begin with, oh, it was so hard to come up with a list. I mean, I'm trying right. to think of 10 movies. I can come up with 20 this year. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, it's a good year, and it shouldn't, even if it was backloaded or whatever, it was it was loaded in November and December with most of the great stuff, Yeah, it still ended up being a great year. So what's, right. what's your what top five? So, so those three are my top five, which is amazing. I've never had a top five that includes really more than one Oscar. And, and to recap, that's Whiplash, Birdman, and Grand Budapest. Whiplash, okay. Birdman, Grand Budapest Hotel. Okay. And I think they might not have been, like I was going to go through all the movies that came out this year and make sure I had a definitive, but I thought the fact that I like those three so much, and I really, I mean, this is what being a movie guy is all about. You walk out of the theater going, yeah, yeah, that's what, <laughs> I can't believe what I just saw. How did that even happen, you know? And then to have that moment translate to Actual, actual Oscars is so rare that that those I just I, I cemented those three. Even if they're not to mention Boyhood too. See, I haven't seen it. So. Yeah, but link, Sorry. but link later oh, being in the oh, mix. Absolutely, yeah. please. Yeah, that's the thing. Theoretically, Boyhood <laughs> is amazing because I'm such a Richard Linklater fan because he's the guy that took his eight before Slacker. I watched the whole movie. There's a whole movie called You Can't Learn to Plow by Reading Books. And he shot a 90 minute film in eight millimeter that is just him and a camera. And I fell in love with him as a filmmaker. And obviously, you know, but I mean, this is the guy that made Daisy Confused. So and he's got a windows. And the before midnight, I'm... before uh, that whole no, thing. Oh, yeah, right, a trilogy of movies three. with just Ethan Hawke talking to. Sorry. All right, give you me the next three. two movies. What are the next God. two so we can go? Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Were I, there I tried, any more? tried to wrap no, up. The other two are Guardians of the Galaxy. No, it's Guardians of the Galaxy and John Wick. Oh, wait. Uh, oh, okay. Get out of here, John Wick. Oh, you got to see this John Wick. <laughs> you got to see this John Wick. Okay, everybody else. Sorry. That was Adam Goes On Too Long. Paul, cut that in half. If you can. Why would I? You have set he's, the ground. He's marking it right here. You have set the groundwork <laughs> for the entire discussion. Because okay. I think we're all going to no, bring up these else. movies that have no business being in stuffy Oscars mm -hmm. unless Oscars did what they did this year and chill out a little bit and yeah. nominate the cool stuff. Bart. Uh, well... Of those, <laughs> I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy. Great, and isn't it? it? It was good. See it again. It's it was better good. And, better. Uh, and, uh, and Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. Now, so good. I am such a fan of Wes Anderson, but I've seen this movie twice, and mm. I have fallen asleep both times. Oh. In the, and I at will home? see it again. At, at home, home, right? At home. Get now, out to the theater, the man. I will. It's the ultimate what, Wes what, Anderson. You know my film, policy. Huh? I don't go to theaters that's anymore. True. It's it. Well, that's <laughs> and then my other two are uh, Zero Dark Thirty and uh, The Bourne Supremacy. Those right. are the my, no Bourne, which came Bourne out Ultimatum. in 2012 <laughs> and 2004, <laughs> right. something like that. This weekend. Okay, but I gotta tell you, it's I think it's the ultimate Wes Anderson film. I think it's the ultimate. And I am going to give it another shot. You well, come over to Mike. Come over okay. and we'll watch it. Because I am that much of a fan. And we'll of watch most John Wick too. You come over and watch. John I can't Wick. wait to see John, John Wick. <laughs> because I want to see him revenge the doggy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Revenge Karen, what do you? Oh, it's right. a very Karen movie. <laughs> I love that. So uh, I agree with Adam on one account. I think the Grand Budapest Hotel is my number five movie, and I saw it twice, and I loved it both times, and I shared it with other people and made sure that they saw it. So it's fantastic, and of course Bill Murray's in, and he's great. Then oh, I do not have any of the other ones in common with you. And uh, I think only one of the other ones is nominated for uh, an Oscar. 
However, Wild is my number four. That's one with Reese Witherspoon. Okay. It's nominated for movie or just actress? She's nominated for Best Actress, and Laura Dern snuck in and stole a nomination from Jessica Chastain, if you ask me. Fantastic. Uh, not because I saw Most Violent Year, but I just thought she was in the running, and Laura Dern snatched that away. I loved Wild. I thought that was a really great movie. It really, uh, I just think that Wild was a real nice, simple, quiet movie that had no tricks. There was no strange thing where it was filmed over 20 years. Nobody's going to Northern California where there's no light to film it. No one's having yeah, that's to do the one anti, for 20 minutes. Well, that's the minutes. anti your rant. It still really works, I well, think. Well, yeah. that's, that's a more Oscar-like story. That's right. the story. She hasn't been in movies in a while. This is just her, right? Most and of the movie flashbacks. is just her. Yeah, but, but you know, it's, it's... I mean, the fact that she is nominated is more the story of that movie than the movie itself getting nominated. Because she's the story Have of you that. seen the movie? No, because I'm just it's a saying press-wise. Yeah. Oh, press-wise, yeah. Because the no, movie itself... she hasn't itself... been in movies in a while. But that didn't even affect me. I probably wouldn't go to see her. I accidentally saw it because we had a free screening, and I went in even though she was in it. Yeah. And then I went, oh, my gosh, she's really good in this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think... She doesn't get a lot of showcases. No, and it's a bummer because I thought she was very good. Uh, then my third movie is Pride, which didn't give mm. much love What's at all. Movie? It's about a bunch of... Um, it was the 60s, and I th- it was in 80s. It was when the Margaret 80s, Thatcher yeah. was doing all that... Um, she was pushing down the uh, labor union for yeah. the miners and so um a gay organization raised money for them even though they didn't want help from gay people <laughs> and eventually the gay people gave them help and they had to take it because they were so desperate because they were not getting any work and they were being treated the same way that gays are treated by the government and by the police and it's such a feel-good movie and it brings two different worlds oh. of kinds of people together and it, I love movies where people that shouldn't normally get along get along and that's yeah. what that movie and all is. your British uh, you know stalwart character types are there. Bill Nye, not the science guy. Oh, Jim Stalwart's in that movie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Imelda Staunton's in it. You know, it's all those folks. And then, of course, in. number two is St. Vincent. I thought ah, that was a great movie. Bill Murray was right. great in that. I liked Melissa McCarthy. Did I get the Oscar love? Nope. Saint nope, Vincent? nothing. No. Yeah. That's a shame. Critics' Choice, but you know Globes, what? Yeah. stuff like that. Michael Keaton stole the sort of like, ah, that sort of Bill Murray, like, good a good job to a veteran comedian. But yeah, Michael Keaton kind of swooped in this year with that, that still that thunder. Yeah. I also loved number one movie, and it's my favorite, is Gone Girl, because I think that it was perfectly cast, and I think that it changes halfway through. You don't see it coming, and you go to the movie thinking you're going to hate Ben Affleck, and he's so perfectly cast that you <laughs> do hate him. I go to the bathroom <laughs> thinking I'm going to hate Ben Affleck. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, uh, the lead woman that I can't think of her name. Rosamund Pike. Rosamund Pike does a great job. at trans- She just transitions during the show. And when you watch it again, I'm dying to watch it again because I ran out and read the book. It's such mm. a good movie that I read something. Already knowing the ending. Our, and I loved it even more when Still I read it. Still a page turner. Still a page turner. <laughs> and Bart, for all the best reasons, it's not the movie you think it is. No, it ah. is not yeah. the movie you think it is. A little, credit, a little credit, it's been a while since I've said that. That's yeah. true. Yes. Because I don't go to the Say it again for this one. Phrase, Say it for this one because it's a who, you know, did he or didn't he, but there's a lot more going on. That yes, movie's so great. My it's one. David Fincher. I mean, oh, how yes. great is David Fincher? You I haven't know. seen it yet, have you, Adam? I haven't. That's eh, not you good. You know what? On I'm you. gonna, I'm gonna, I, I, I can't wait to go see it. And you know what? I didn't see his last movie as well. The girl with the dragon tattoo. The girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh, that's that's right. great. I'm Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god, that's a good movie. I know. And I went out and read that movie too. Maybe it's a Fincher thing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. He adapts him well. Gillian oh. uh, Flynn or Gillian, however you pronounce it, should have been nominated for the script of Gone Girl. That's another big snub this yeah. year. That, that is. That is a shame. Paul, what are yours? So but that, that makes it into my top ten, but not my top five. Number five is Nightcrawler. Yeah. Oh, very good. That's yeah. in my top very ten. Good. Nightcrawler is such a great movie. Yeah. Um, and just the, the you know, 
when we previewed it, we talked about the CD side of Los Angeles. Yes. And this is a not put on CD side of yeah, Los Angeles right? because it covers everything from the CD characters to the news, which is probably the CDs uh-huh. out of oh, everything. Oh, Bill Paxton. Yeah. yeah. He's so enjoyable in that movie. What a great it's, year for him because he's so great in Edge of Tomorrow, too, and yeah, I can't believe right. I haven't memorized his speech oh, in that that's yet. That's my top ten. But, yeah. That's in your top Wait ten. Wait a minute. Did Edge of Tomorrow come out this year? Yes. yes. That's in my top five. That's, that's got to be your top five. Totally forgot that paying attention. This year. It's the Tom Cruise. That's my number one. Uh, number four is Grand Budapest Hotel. We, <laughs> we talked uh, at nauseum. And I would like to give Grand Budapest Hotel the, the award for being on everybody's list. Oh, nice. That's good, yeah. It is. Uh, three is Wild, which I recommend because okay. from the director of Dallas Buyers Club, but I think oh, better than that, right. uh, even though that got all the love. Um, it's an accurate presentation of how men behave. It's not a good one, but yeah. it's accurate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dallas Buyers Club is one of those movies where it's like, Yes, it's getting a lot of love, but it's not particularly challenged. But it, it's a kind of a rote presentation of the story, yeah. which is an amazing story, like Wild or whatever. Well, Wild's a twist on on the, the girl who needs to, or the character who needs to go off and discover themselves movie yeah. because it's not, wham, well, my husband cheated on me or whatever. Yeah. It's she fucked up and she needs to get ah. her life together, and she sets off on this, and you learn about her through the flashbacks, and she meets interesting people, and it, I think it's a great story right. with a really good ending. Yeah, there's no wah wah in there. Everything that she's feeling, she knows she did it, and now she's got to figure out a way to get past it. Yeah. yeah. Number two, the Lego movie. Oh, oh good call. The funniest movie of the year. I'd love to make call. put on my list, and that cool. is easily the funniest. And surprise movie. ending that nobody's bragging about. No. When I talk about all right. these movies are like, ooh, where do you see the ending? Or like Birdman, there's lots of controversy about that ending or whatever, which yeah. I think the controversy would make people go to a movie and go, this is what everyone's talking about? Yeah. You know, because yeah. it is just a shot. But that one has a big old twist. Best twist of the it year. It pulls out some heart. Oh, some yeah, heart. yeah. In the twist. But, but, I don't but the know. thing you was, you haven't seen Gone Girl. That's a pretty well, good choice. Yeah, that's a pretty good choice. <laughs> I bet you that has a surprising ending. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Oh, that's like a that feel movie. bad movie. My heart. Do you mean a heart is pulled out in that one? <laughs> Almost. Um, yeah, it Rosamund stepped on. Pike Not your. <laughs> awesome. And number one, I've gone on about it enough. Uh, Whiplash. That's ah. my favorite film of the year. That hey, movie. Hey, speaking of what? Speaking of snubs, conversation I had this week as well. How is that guy not nominated for best director? Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Here is, here is a, a, a brag that no movie can make. The last 15 minutes of that movie, maybe, okay, maybe 10, 12 minutes of that movie, have two lines. And yet all of the plot twists and all of the turns in that movie and all of the shifts in status happen without words. Tell me that guy's not a great director. That's true. And again, and, and, and again an embarrassment there. of riches this year. Yeah. I mean... Everyone who, I mean, to not name, nominate David Fincher for his work in that movie. Yeah. I mean, there's so many that, uh, yeah, there's yeah. just too many. Cool there's too year. many. It's a good year. Cool It's a good year. year. We're going to take TBS. a break and work this shit out. <laughs> We're going to work um, this out. But no, bre- no bathroom break for you because it's only going to be 10 seconds. And we'll be back then, and we'll be back with our guest, uh, Iman Saman. Stay tuned. <laughs> And we are back and on the red carpet of the Oscars and nominated for six Academy Awards is American Sniper, which stars Bradley Cooper, Sienna Miller, and among a big and very authentic supporting cast, our guest for the rest of the show, Iman Saman, ladies and gentlemen, joining us. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) Uh, Iman, you are, now, we were talking beforehand, you're, you're not coming to the Oscars, what's that about? 
Um, I didn't receive an invitation, so uh, I'm assuming that they're just keeping it to the um, the lead cast and the. I'm sure Clint got a plus one. I mean, what's the deal? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure Clint got plus one for sure. Uh, yeah, so I, because it, it's a huge cast, so yeah. I can imagine, you know, logistically it'd be hard to invite, you know, all the principal cast along with the uh, leading and supporting. Well, I want to talk about your part. <clears throat> So you play, according to IMDb, father. Father, <laughs> yeah. But uh, did you ever give your character a name? Uh, <laughs> they actually, well, it's funny. Um, my agent tried to negotiate a name, but. Uh, oh, that's cool. Is that, uh, is that how that works? Yeah. Like that's a, a thing? Yeah, but explain your part I think in Because it it's a crucial part of the. Yeah, yeah. it's really cool. Uh, I play uh, an Iraqi father who uh, the uh, Bradley Cooper and his team of um, SEALs. Um, they break into my apartment basically to uh, monitor a suspicious uh, restaurant across the street. So they squat mm-hmm. in my place, uh, and um, I'm a peaceful guy, so I invite them for dinner and stuff. But there is a twist to my character uh, that reveals uh, something about me that is not seen initially. Um, so that's what but up until then it is one of those <coughs> moments in, in a war movie mm-hmm. in a lot of war movies like uh, uh, you know where there's at first they, they invade and it's their typical like you know hey we're taking this over da 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 and yeah. then your family in the movie is like no have dinner yeah. be a part of it and then everyone sort of chills out and it's that moment in war movies where like everything's cool for a second and yeah. you've sort of adapted to the, or like remember you ever seen a midnight clear or mm-hmm. or you know there's always the, even a moment like that in fury kind of they yeah. having breakfast with that yeah couple, you know? and then all of a sudden and you always know in a war movie you go this is gonna twist good. <laughs> right when they're like yeah. oh wonderful food this is wonderful boy this yeah. is great you are not the people we expect you to be and boom yeah. something crazy yeah. happens yeah, yeah. great but that, that's, a, that's amazing you're in that and that, yeah, that is a crucial scene. It's really cool. It is, yeah. It was it was a lot of fun, man. It was a really. Uh, but see, there's a, there's another plot. It, well, everyone's searching for the butcher, uh, right? Who's this uh, really bad guy? Uh, in yeah. Iraq. yeah. And uh, earlier on, there's another dude who says that he may know a way to help the seals find him, and he's right. got a son. Uh, and both he and the son, it doesn't go well because you never help, never yeah. help, right? <laughs> if we not watch Twenty Four, <laughs> hey Jack Bauer, looks like you're in trouble there. Let me help you out. You're dead. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. Was a father. Yeah, yeah, he was. Right, so to differentiate who the father means, the older guy. Obviously, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, they gave him the. Yeah, he was a sheikh. Uh, something sheikh was which is like a higher ranking uh, thing in the like a, it's like a tribe leader or something yeah. in the. Uh, where do you shoot yeah. that? Uh, your scenes? Oh yeah, where was the movie shot? I was wondering the whole time. Um, ex- the exterior stuff uh, was shot in Morocco. Okay. Um, the interior stuff, interior Iraq, uh, was shot in uh, Santa Clarita. Okay. Um, <laughs> the the, the because, I, because I forgot the whole movie. I forgot that Clint Eastwood directed it. And at yeah. the end, it was directed by Clint Eastwood. I was like, oh, that's right, the whole time. Yeah. And I was like, well, then this wasn't shot in some crazy place because Clint, I, I just, he's a very, I mean, yeah. from what I understand, I mean, you could confirm or deny but it's just like nah I'm not going all the way there I said let's shoot it in Santa Clarita yeah he, well he created a lot of jobs in California that's for sure yeah but I have a theory about what it must be like to work as an actor on a Clint Eastwood movie uh-huh. and I, I you can either confirm or deny if you feel as though you know you're at liberty to do so okay. but based on watching Gran Torino 
I get the feeling that there are no second takes. Um, yeah, it, we're moving on. Done. Close enough. Good it, enough. It's, moving on. Um, it's very rare, yeah. Like, uh, you know, maybe second takes, but um, it's very rare to go beyond the second take. It depends on the com- the complexity of the, the of the scene because we were shooting a lot of action stuff and a lot of physical stuff. But for the most part, um, a take or two and uh, he moves on. I knew um, it. And I can, I can feel that in Gran Torino. I like the movie Gran Torino, but there was something about it that felt either rushed or, or the, the acting felt a little uneven. And it felt like if you just took a second, got another two or three takes on that, you might get it right. Yes. I haven't seen American Sniper yet, so I'm, I'm guessing it. That doesn't well, have that. Famously, I mean, you know, if you make a study of, of some directors, he's one where it's just like, good, moving on. In fact, I think the first movie he ever directed was he took over Joe Kidd or one of those early West or uh, later Westerns that he did. And it was just like, he was just tired of the director doing like 12 takes. And he was like, fired him and finished the rest of the movie like way under time. Like yeah. one, two, three, let's move. One, two, three, let's move. And so famously, he's a very quick director. Well, in one of his interviews, I um, read that he really prefers to, um, like, he, he trusts the actor's instinct and that the the mm-hmm. best stuff comes out, at, like, right off the bat when the, when there's still nerves and there's still Fresh. edge. Yeah. Uh, but then the more you do it, the more you start to think about it and the more you get in your head about it and then it gets stale. Yeah. So he just trusts that the instinct of, like, the just the first couple of takes at it but you saying that actually that reinforces something that we've already known about Clint Eastwood which is he puts really great people around him so that would make sense that he would hire an actor that he just goes all right just go because he hires the lighting guy he trusts he hires a sound guy he trusts he doesn't even look at the camera to yeah. see what the DP is yeah. doing it's the same idea you can give me first-hand confirmation of this because I've heard that he doesn't use a monitor even uh, he just watches the actors, mm. and when he's he gets what he wants, good. Um, well, it depends. It depends. Like in the action scenes, he he did use a monitor. Um, like you know, it was a big, like there's soldiers involved. Too much to and, see. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, like the intimate scenes, he was just right there, man. He was like, uh, he he yeah. So it was uh, it was very intimate. Uh, he keeps it uh, that way. So, but for actions, you know, like when it was like a lot of people he used monitors and the whole uh, your whole role was in Arabic my whole role was in Arabic um, wow. yeah um, because uh, you know uh, he's just an average you know Iraqi guy he doesn't really speak the language but that's languages. nothing new for you right you're from Egypt I'm from Egypt oh okay. yeah and yeah. you yourself like not your folks like you were born there correct I was born and uh, raised in Cairo and I speak Arabic uh, can you, for me, just for shits and giggles, can yeah. you say um, "Welcome to the Movie Guys" in Arabic? In Arabic? Sure. Uh, okay. <laughs> Do they have uh, words for that? Uh, Nobody in. Uh, in I, I, I think in uh, Arabic it would be "Guys of Movie." The movie guys would be yeah, uh, uh, it would be something like "Marhaban bikum fi bernamig that sounds right. That yeah, sounds that's right. how I, I was just sure, testing yeah. you. That's how it goes. Awesome. Correct. It. correct. You're correct. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I'm glad Bart was here to. Or, uh, <laughs> or welcome to the movie guys. Uh, that's radio the, show. That's more what I'm yeah. used to. That's more Arabic. <laughs> that that's cool. Arabic, right? That's Arabic. <laughs> that's, okay. That's, 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 that's the Hollywood movie. Arabic. <laughs> but you're Italian, right? Yes. Uh, exactly. I, I play Italian. <laughs> 
No, you were, so we were talking earlier. You're born in Egypt, and and you're here in Hollywood, being not just an actor but a successful actor mm-hmm. in an Oscar-nominated movie. How how do you put that together? How does that happen? I barely got out of Cleveland, <laughs> let alone, let alone I, uh, Egypt. I understand. Well, I you know uh, honestly, I I still it's very surreal, you know, because I grew up watching Clint Eastwood movies in, in Cairo uh, when I was a kid watching his you know uh, Good Bad and Yaldi and all the spaghetti yeah. westerns and I loved his movies and I never really thought that you know that I'd actually meet the guy in the context of actually working with him even when I moved to Hollywood here specifically to be an actor I didn't think that that's kind of a possibility yeah. uh, when I got the audition I was like yeah right you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna go and like they're gonna give it to someone with more credits, whatever. Um, and uh, but I got it, and yeah. you know, and um, these things happen in Hollywood, man. So don't lose the faith. That's it, right. Uh, there you go. It's a good Egyptian boy living in the it, American dream. It happens. <laughs> yes. You're out of Cleveland, yes. so you're not doing so. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> First step has been taken. Yeah. What kind of actors did you see yourself surrounded with there? Because I mentioned that there was a real authenticity, and as I find in the best directed war films like Black Hawk Down like uh, there's no way like that was shot in Morocco too I think but you don't buy that for a second because you just feel like you are in the middle of hell on earth in Iraq Mm. and American Sniper did the same thing so what kind of actors are surrounding you in in those scenes to make it so authentic um which are valley boys or uh, oh, you mean serious, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> other folks from Egypt or were um, they just uh, well there was um there, there was an actor that was playing the interpreter uh he was uh, israeli originally mm-hmm. um and uh we had a we had a consultant like a, an iraqi uh culture cultural advisor who made sure that uh, not just the um, the language is accurate but also like the traditions are observed like certain things uh can happen or not based on the culture in iraq um so in that sense uh, it was very did i'll tell you when i uh, when i went there um the 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 street um the, you know there's a scene where i walk through the the square of the little village um that looked exactly like uh where i grew up in cairo like where oh, my right. grandmother lived the apartment that we were in looked very authentic so the production design and everything was so uh realistic that i felt like you know that i was there um so it really helped me as an actor you know well i'm a i'm a product of the american education system so Uh i'm not really familiar with that part of the world morocco is a city in egypt Morocco is. Uh, I agree with you. I don't know what you're talking about. I, embarrassingly, I agree with you. Like, where is Morocco? All three of us are glad he asked. It's own country, you know, but and how similar it is. You know, to know the, the Mirage in Vegas? Uh-huh, yes. Oh, yes. Gotcha. Yep, 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 I know that. Okay, I got it. language. You put it all together for me, thanks. Okay. Makes sense now. And, and what does the Luxor look What country is the Luxor? No, that was Egypt. Oh, okay. This whole thing with, um, you know, there's a lot of politics going on now, trying to weasel its way into our movies, which I hate. Yeah. Uh, you have to deal with any of that stuff, or are you blissfully yeah. removed from it all? No, I, I mean, I, I deal with it, especially, you know, like being of Arab descent, I get asked, you know, a lot about, from Arabs, you know, and they're like, well, how do you feel about, you know, the, the image of Arabs in the movie? And I'm like... Um, I was in a Clint Eastwood movie. (laughs) 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 
Well, uh, and, I, and, it, and isn't the controversy that like, oh, aren't there any good Arabs in the movie? And I, 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 weirdly, you were the one that uh, at first seems, <laughs> you know, uh, the the one nice or the the couple of nice uh, Arabs in the movie, and then yeah. turn out to not again, quite be so good. Um, we don't make movies about <laughs> a, a, Americans who are nice and normal. Yeah. Like, good point. You know what Karen. I mean? Why do you want to see a movie about anybody we just who's three normal? Exactly. We're gonna capture people that are doing stupid stuff. Yeah, I don't right. care who you are. Yeah. I got a little back and forth what online with somebody <laughs> who didn't like Whiplash because he's like, no, there's no way that guy plays that guy's a goes dick. to the goes to the thing after his yeah. car crash. There's no way a guy yells at somebody like that. Yes, but, okay, so your dull college existence is a shit movie. I don't want to see. I want to see Whiplash. <laughs> no, there's no way that that happens. Yeah, but in a movie that wants to be interesting, it does. Yeah, and it does anyway, even if it didn't happen to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the the thing is, like, about about movies where everybody's gonna like, especially with a movie with that with that magnitude, like, you'll have people that hate it and people that love it, and everybody's gonna try to make it their own or try to make a case against it or for it. But I feel like ultimately the movie is uh, the story of a guy. It's his point of view. It's his experience, and that's how he s- saw that world. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it's right. It doesn't mean that that's that was his experience as a soldier. The, these are the people that he met, you know. Um, so I feel like, but people take it out of context and make it political and yeah. make it religious and make it whatever. It's forced, right? I mean, it doesn't seem forced with a movie like American Sniper, but I feel like it's very forced with American Sniper. It's, I don't know. It's just weird. It's like. The, the outrage? The yeah, outrage, I mean, yeah. it's just like, well, we, we got to write some articles. It's that time of year where we write articles about how these movies aren't as good as we think they are. It's like, <laughs> oh, come on. Get out of here. <laughs> but ultimately, I mean, when you boil down all the all the geopolitics of the situation and you cut through all the subtext of what the movie's really about and you and you try to separate you know, the racism from the factual aspects of it... Um, the real essence of the movie is that you were in a Clint Eastwood movie. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's that always that my today. answer. Dude, I was in a Clint Eastwood movie, man. <laughs> well, you know what else is interesting I found through for listening to Bradley Cooper give interviews? You're in a Bradley Cooper movie, too. Because oh, he's, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. He's a Bradley yes. Cooper movie. He's a producer, right? Yeah, he's a producer. Was there any sort of, What was his role on the set where he would jump in and out of scenes? And how would he act as producer and actor on set? Well, he, uh, I don't think he, he put the producer hat... Um, you know, the, you know, from my experience, at least, you know, I was there for a week, and um, he uh, he was just an actor, you know, he was the lead actor, and uh, he um, so there's a lot of weight on his shoulder to carry the movie, uh, but he uh, collaborated with uh, Clint Eastwood like before every scene, and uh, you know, my experience working with him, you know, in the scenes that I shared with him. Um, it was great, man. It felt like we're just two actors uh, doing our thing. It didn't feel like, oh, I'm Bradley Cooper, the superstar, or oh, I'm Bradley Cooper, the producer of the he, film. He's legit, isn't he? Um, he's a real deal. Yeah. I mean, he can't deny three Oscar nominations in yeah. three years. Yeah. No, he was he was fantastic, man. I mean, and I, I really hope he wins because I just seeing his performance and you know and you know and dealing with his character and personality on set. I wish him the best of luck, man. He's he's fantastic. He deserves. And he it. made out with Betty White on Saturday Night Live 40th anniversary. <laughs> there you go. He's the real deal. He made out with Betty White. It's <laughs> no joke. Uh-huh. Now, I want to bring up something that I read on IMDb. It says that you are uh, committed to serve as a bridge between American 
and Middle Eastern cultures. Yeah. I think that's a pretty cool and nice. Yeah, here you are. <laughs> Cleveland to uh, yeah. We're literally on a bridge I'm, right now. I'm, we are over. I am the bridge. Overlooking <laughs> the Oscars. Yeah. It is both metaphorical yeah. and literal. We're going to break into We Are the World at any moment here. A lot of people in their IMDb bio will take time to say, I want to work with Steven Spielberg. <laughs> so lofty goal for you. What, how's that going? What is? What do you see in how the future? How is that going? How's that going? Well, so far it's been going very well, you know, because overall, like most of the roles that I got, cast to play um, especially on television uh, been uh, a good Middle Eastern guy actually like I I, I should mention NCIS with NCIS, LA yeah right? NCIS, recently. Uh, Pretty Little Liars Pretty Little Liars yeah. I didn't even play a Middle Eastern guy at all I oh, just good. played a, a you know a guy. detective played guy yeah played <laughs> guy <laughs> number one guy <laughs> uh, I played a detective who you know just ethnically ambiguous whatever did you ever play a biker? Because right now, there's a, whole, there's a whole pride of motorcycles going by. So, uh, no, not that many. <laughs> pride of motorcycles. Pride. I believe it's referred to as a pride. I think it's a rumble of motorcycles. Oh. Sorry, I'm not. No, no worries. He was trying to bridge our cultures, yeah. and they got drowned out by a bunch of... Here's our culture. <laughs> Shitty, right? <laughs> Sounds like America, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. How I dangerous are just coming in? Might want to river quiet that bridge. <laughs> <laughs> See, they just heard about the bridge. They, uh, <laughs> I, um, well, I think I do that a lot with my comedy too, because I, my comedy, I, I tackle a lot of like Middle Eastern uh, things and try to bring it to the attention of Americans and try to m make people understand that we're all the same in a way, you know. Hey, let me catch the listeners you, you, you and watchers of the show up because yeah, yeah you're a stand-up comedian, yeah. which ah. you wouldn't know from your super intense role in American <laughs> Sniper. <laughs> And then you yes. check out YouTube clips online, which you should do. Oh, okay. uh, there's, there's, yeah, you're no joke. Except that, you're all jokes. He is a joke, <laughs> but <laughs> in a good way. He's all jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a centerpiece of your uh, performance too? That you're, you know, sort of uh, talking about the differences and that sort of thing. Yeah. Are, are yeah. you the Yakov Smirnoff of uh, <laughs> of Egypt? No. <laughs> it's okay. Actually, that would be the right answer. Unless you would like to make millions of dollars in Branson. But anyway, yeah, exactly. right. I think. You know, ulti ultimately, I, and something tells me you're not big in Branson. I'm just, I'm just gonna go out on a limb here. I'm huge in Antwerp for some reason. Um, <laughs> I think really uh, one of one of my ultimate goals is eventually uh, because I, you know, I grew up in in Cairo in a average neighborhood, you could say poor neighborhood in Cairo, and uh, and ultimately I want to uh, get to a point where my career and my success inspires a kid that is like me like you know when i was a kid over there playing soccer in the dirt and then they can see me and say you know he was just like me and if he can do it i can do it no no dream is too big you know that's ultimately what i'd love to represent as a you know as a middle eastern in hollywood is to for these kids that are um there to see that oh you know it's not that hard did you have anyone like that when you were a kid uh yes uh there omar were? sharif oh well, omar sharif yeah. of course yeah, yeah omar yeah. sharif is a, an egyptian actor who yeah. you know made it huge giant in movies yeah yeah and i was like well you know he's egyptian yeah too so you know maybe one those day. movies were larger than life yeah <laughs> he's yeah. in some uh, yeah, la is so great because i had an opportunity to see a screening where he did a q a once all right and off i went because i mean you got a glimpse of the legend in fact the first guy i ever saw with that in mind was clint eastwood yeah when we moved to la i'm like i'm going to a taping of the tonight show because Clint Eastwood's going to be on, uh -huh. and I, it was 
Space Cowboys, not uh, his finest moment, but I had to glimpse the legend, yeah. you know, and I remember seeing Omar Shreve just to go and see him. Okay movie, I don't even remember the name of it. Yeah. Uh, it was a recent one, but he did Q&A ever, just yeah. to listen to him. I mean, he's, he's yeah. I mean, God, he's been I mean, in so many great things. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Clint Eastwood, you know, like I said, I watched him growing up and like, you know, when he gave Such me direction on set, I was like... Dude, that was. <laughs> you keep checking in with yourself. I can't imagine any director more that people would do exactly what he says, right? Well, right. Because yeah. he still looks like he's gonna kick your ass. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say he's 84 years old? He's 84. And yeah. he is gonna put the hammer down unless you do what you're told. Yeah. He's, he's, he just looks tough, right? He looks tough, but he's very gentle and he's very uh, humble. That like, you know, you like, he stood in line, you know, for stood for food. What? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, with everybody. Like I ran into Clint in 2003 or four, two or three. So that was some years ago. That was 10 years ago. So he was 74. And he just looked like the toughest guy in the room. <laughs> like nobody wanted to piss him off. This was at the SAG Awards, right? Yeah. And he was just, he just has that kind of like. He has that intensity. <sighs> yeah, he definitely has that intensity, but it's uh, it's a calming presence. You know, like when you're in, in his presence, it, you don't feel. Um, the intensity in a way that makes you feel scared or intimidated. Not nervous it's at all. It's just very oh, okay. calming. Yeah. Is, um, yeah, I doubt he turns on the full clip. <laughs> well, know, what I'm turn. saying is I don't think However, he can help it. piss yeah. him off. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet no, it, it takes a few words to make you pee your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, so you're obviously keeping an eye on what's going on in Egypt now. Uh, so with recent oh, yeah. government shakeups and protests and all that stuff, has it affected you directly and your family and that kind of thing? Um, it's not affecting my family directly in the sense that they're not involved in that but you know my parents are older and they're retired and uh but it it affects everybody in terms of stress and you know it's just like everybody's on edge all the time it's it's very it's very stressful times overall and uh and everybody's looking for like some sort of stability so that the economy can pick up again and you know because egypt mainly relies on tourism and you know when these things happen nobody wants to like <laughs> like they're screw the pyramids yeah you know um i was a tour guide and you know and for the pyramids yeah no way yeah. what don't we know about them uh, come on <laughs> what what we don't know anything about them no, no no i'm saying like you know give give us some tour guide stuff that like you know a lot of people don't know uh, what don't i know i know about the pyramids. we didn't even know where morocco was That's we right. don't know anything. tell us about the pyramids come on uh do you know that you can actually get inside the pyramid like no. as a That's where the gift shop is, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that commercialized oh, yet. Okay. Although, Good. Good. although, across the street from the pyramids, there's a KFC. Oh, what? Oh, my God. A KFC pizza hut combo. No, you shoot the other direction. Yeah, yeah they shoot, shoot the one way, right? Yeah, they shoot no. from no. the KFC. I have to oh, ask you combo, this. Yeah. Oh, I have to ask you this. Do you finally admit that the pyramids were put there by aliens? Um, oh, what is the official? Yeah, show my mom. She watches Ancient Aliens. Yeah, I watch Discovery Ancient Channel. Aliens a lot, and it's like, <laughs> oh, you know, they found a box of like old wood, and that wood didn't exist back then. It must be aliens. Right, right. It's like, um, there is no proof for any theory. It's all theories. Oh, okay. It's all valid theories. Um, I use because I, I was a tour guide, and I, you know, I relied on tips a lot. So, you know, so people would ask me. I'll tell you like, what you want to hear. So, yeah, what do you want to hear? Yeah, so people, you yeah, know, aliens? would be yeah. like, oh, was it the Israelites? Was it the aliens? Yeah. Was it, you know, I'm like, you know, it's all valid theories. Yeah. Whoever uh, built it 
we are grateful as Egyptians that they chose our country because it's a great source of revenue for us. <laughs> so Some really good good real estate here. <laughs> yeah, good real estate. Uh, but yeah, it's all theories. There's no proof of any. So wait, is that true? No. I yeah. Well, there's some some. There's no proof, man. No proof of at all at about all. who that did what anything. Built it. Okay, so here's my theory, and that's I something used, I didn't know. That I used is something. All right. So I used to. I used to. Uh, that was all levers and pulleys. <laughs> I used to. Mess with with my tour groups at the end of the trip, um, because um, you know how do you know how they figured out the hieroglyphs in Egypt? No. Didn't they get a, right, like so a Rosetta Stone the, or the something? Rosetta Stone. The Rosetta Thank Stone you. was had uh, the script in hieroglyphs and uh, Aramaic and um, the program to learn a foreign Latin. language. Yes, it decided. <laughs> so finally, <laughs> finally, they came yes. out with a program to learn Aramaic. a foreign language, and it revealed. The yeah, they found a, okay. They found yep. a disc, uh, <laughs> a CD-ROM, and it had the uh, symbols. Yeah, so they, the, so the linguists, you know, found a symbol that was repeated in the three languages, and uh -huh. they did the math, whatever, then they figured out the language. Like you figure out the weekly reader code, you go, yeah, figure out the A's, and then boom, right. The Just like little orphan Annie. Yeah, figure out the vowels. Drink your oval team. So my theory is, let's let's assume that maybe the they made a mistake interpreting one letter, just one letter. That means that. Everything that we've learned about the pharaohs are incorrect, you know, and that like for the tour group that everything that they learned uh, about the king's names, the queen's names, all that stuff could be wrong. So have a safe trip back home, guys. <laughs> that was how I ended my tour. <laughs> we built dinosaurs out of like one jawbone, right? You get one, you get one shin bone, and they go, "This is what the entire dinosaur looks like." We get one letter right. I think we're pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, but it's you know it's pretty safe. That's that's why it's all tears because also all the books that really recorded everything were burnt in the um, Library of Alexandria when Antonio was. Um, I had to burn that. Cleopatra. Dangerous knowledge. So so nothing <laughs> is really left aside from interpretations of you know some papyruses and things on the wall, uh, but the documentation of the process of how it's built and all that is burnt. So. I'd tell you the story of the Library of Alexandria, but you'd come out of it an atheist. <laughs> well, my mind is a religion little destroying knowledge is kind of how it goes. We really don't know anything, and not really. Wow. I I honestly believe that these guys were just humans, just like you and me, but they they possessed different kind of knowledge that we don't have now. It's kind of like uh, three thousand years from now when we're all vanished and there's a new type of people on earth and then they find mcdonald's and they'll be like what is <laughs> they this they reconstruct our society <laughs> yeah. based on like it must be aliens from what we gather these were clothes they got burger wrappers <laughs> and they found <laughs> in a museum <laughs> so they'll interpret it depending on yeah. their circumstance and that's what we're doing with with the ancient egyptian stuff so now how long have you been in america uh, I've been in America for about 15 years. Was this is this a, this is a crazy? I mean, this this right here is the is the craziest part of Los Angeles. Hollywood Boulevard. Awesome. Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. The, just the other night, and I was going to say this at the yeah. top of the show. This is the quietest the street gets all year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just the other night, because unfortunately I've been on mass transit here, which yeah. is in LA that most people don't get to see. And I walked out of this train station right over here the other night. And, and there was uh, two midget Smurfs, 15 people on a megaphone, all dressed in purple, yelling about Jesus Christ, uh, and a Harlem Globetrotter playing 
a hip hop music trying yeah. to get tips. That's what you came out and saw. Yeah. So that's the craziest thing ever. It's I, how, how crazy is America and how crazy is this crazy street? Yeah. It's well, and it's, you do know what's happening in Egypt right now, right? Yeah, exactly. There's some pretty crazy shit going on. Well, there's some crazy stuff too. Yeah, yeah. Different uh, crazy, yeah, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Are there beheadings going on in Egypt? Uh, no, right? Generally. No, no. I'm just asking no. if it's weirder than a Smurf. They. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, they're they're on the borders of Egypt, but not oh, in Egypt. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you know? Uh, well, do you know Bassem Youssef? Bassem Youssef, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. So you love him? Because John Stewart's I, got a thing for I him. Lo- he's he's a, he's, he's given him a showcase, saying he's doing a great job. Yeah. But did you grow up with him, or how? Uh, no, I didn't grow up with him. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't known until the revolution. Gotcha. Really. Uh, and he, when the revolution started, he started his show as like on YouTube uh, from his apartment. Oh, okay. And then, uh, then it became so popular that like he got network and he got like uh, millions of pounds. That's the currency. Uh, that there. I know. Um, say, when you lose ten pounds, that doesn't mean anything, um, <laughs> weight wise. Uh, but when you move to Hollywood, that means something different. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, uh, he, yeah, his show grew from there, from the revolution. He was a uh, Okay, well, I didn't know if he had revolution. been doing it all this time, but I guess. Uh, yeah. And then uh, lately he's been, uh, you know, asked to leave the air because uh, the new regime uh, doesn't like to be made fun of. Don't like those yeah. truth tellers. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And so John Stewart's leaving now, too. Yeah. Wait a second. Huh. Egyptian influence <laughs> yeah. on American comedy? I don't know. Uh, let me ask you what we ask every guest who comes on the show. What is your favorite movie of all time? Oh. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have, I have a, an Egyptian movie that's my favorite of all time. Oh. I can uh, tell you a little bit about it. And I have an American movie that's my favorite of all time, if you guys are open. Sure, lay it on us. Uh, my, uh, my Egyptian favorite of all time is called uh, Bab al-Hadid, or The Iron Gate. Uh, it was. Uh, it's a classic. It's a classic Egyptian movie. It's a, the director. His name is Yusuf Shaheen. Um, it's probably the 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 movie is on Amazon. It's a great movie. Uh, it like uh, really made me want to be in cinema because he um, the director was the lead actor in the film and he took on a a, a character role that um, he limps and he is just like he really embodied the character that um, it won awards in like Russia and France and uh, when he went to receive his award they were they were surprised that he was actually walking straight uh, but the movie is is, is fantastic what is, what is uh, the Iron Gate what, what's, uh, the Iron Gate the is, tone of it is um, it's uh, well it's black and white sort of noir um, it, it's uh, based on uh, people uh, that live uh, in the trains like the people the vendors that sell, um, you know, uh, soft drinks or okay. uh, whatever. Sort like of they a hop workaday life type, no, absolutely working class yeah. type. Under stark working, portrait very, of, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah very, uh, very realistic. And they hop from one train to the next to sell stuff. And then this guy who was, uh, you know, disfigured in a way. And he was in love with one of the girls who was, like, too pretty to think of him and... Uh, uh, he eventually like takes her hostage. It's a really cool, yeah. It's a pretty intense uh, movie and very one of the you know landmarks of Egyptian cinema, in my opinion. Oh, wow. 
Um, cool. And yeah. what's your American movie that you love? My American movie, uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Nice. <laughs> All right, that's awesome. a good choice. Is awesome. that Clint? I, yeah, it is. Yeah. Hey, he gave you the job already. It was before the job, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, we got... Okay, wait a minute. I okay. gotta confess. I got, I got something. Movie jail. Geek out about. Never what? seen the good, bad, and the ugly. Let's do it. Uh, you haven't. Let's, let's do it. Uh, yeah. That's bad, oh. right? That's bad. That for a movie bad. guy, that that's bad. bad. All right, but I'm gonna geek out with you for a second uh, here. The graveyard scene, right? Uh, that, so the whole movie, they're looking for this this grave, yeah. right? At the end of the movie, all three of them show up, and there's lots of twists and turns. That some people die, and then they you know, pop back up, and all this sort of stuff. And, and then, and then this whole civil war. Yeah. The middle act of the movie is like these three characters that you know from this classic spaghetti western end up in like a battle from the civil war. Yeah. At like various points. It's 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 really great. I mean, it's a very epic movie. It's like a three-hour yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, which a lot of people don't realize. A lot of people don't watch it all the way through. So in fact, you're not that much in movie jail because I've had a lot of people have seen the beginning and a lot of people have seen the end. But very few people watch the whole movie because it is a nice haul. It's a good Saturday yeah. afternoon movie. Yeah, yeah. Just go enter it in YouTube tonight and just watch that sequence. I'm gonna watch just, the whole yeah. thing. Uh, I think I'm watch it. I think it's well, that's Netflix. the best because you build up to it. Yeah. And you get to it, and you're like, yeah. here we go. It's amazing how the end of the movie is satisfying too. after watching so it for three I, hours. I, I, yeah. I can revisit it. Uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. Sorry, I geeked out there. Give, give yeah. me something you like about Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I'm such a spaghetti um, western fan. Uh, my, my favorite scene is when um, Eli is in the bathtub, and, uh, you know, the the guy comes in uh, on him, and, uh, you know, he's, like, about to kill him, and yeah. he, he has the gun in the bathtub, sure. and he shoots him <laughs> from under the water. That was awesome. Um, but I just love, you know, like, how badass everyone was know, in a right? different way. Like, Lee Van Cleef was, like, this, you know, he was badass in a different way than Clint Eastwood was, and, uh-huh. you know, they were... Uh, there are three different they're the good, bad, and the ugly, but you could strike a match in any of their faces, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> they're all was, pretty uh, hardcore. <laughs> yeah, and the the tension, you know, that he, he was you know, like there was like a lot of really good tension uh creation. Well yeah, that's interesting. You know, you watch that classic scene, but when you watch the whole movie, that the way that that works works in different ways, whether it's funny or, you know, whatever throughout the whole movie. Yeah. You know? Well, hope it comes to the new Beverly because when we saw Once Upon a Time in the West, it was on the big screen down at the uh, Academy. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I want to see the bad and the ugly, but man, if I can see it on the big screen, on the big yeah. screen I'll hold out. For sure, and yeah. around here in L.A., yeah. you can. <laughs> all right, let's go from the greatest movies of all time to... What did you see this week? So what did you see this week? I saw Zero Dark Thirty. <laughs> So They've been playing that a ton on cable. I saw it, and, and I've decided I will not complain about anything ever at all. How does it I've work got, the second time? It, it? Actually, it really it works a lot, and the reason I went back that's to it... That's what I would say. I'm not going to see it again. I like it oh, I think you should see it again. Yeah. And, and Chastain, I didn't realize the first time around what a hard-ass she was, and she plays a, a good, tough tough character in this. And and because you know how it ends, you knew how it end, ended when it came out, you get to anticipate a nice ending yeah. which I'm all about now I don't want I don't want conflict or down endings I just want winners and I want feel good you want Rocky, yeah. I, want, Rocky. I want Jack Reacher and Rocky that's all I want um, but yeah is she, that too much to ask <laughs> but I was really impressed with, with her, her performance and I didn't realize it the first time but she is a real hard ass and plays yeah. tough really well in that movie and the thing that impressed me most of all um, to talk to the geopolitical talk is just how many people in this world are working so hard at something so important and this is what I complain about traffic and yeah. you know and yeah. noisy and apartments and, and, my, 
midget Smurfs and, <laughs> and Hollywood Jesus. Yeah. And when I think about the uh, the pyramids, it takes me back to when we visited Rome, and they have the uh, what is that called? The big uh, pan- the pan- pantheon. pantheon. Parthenon. Parthenon. The pantheon. No pantheon. Parthenon's Sorry. in Greece. I got Parthenon's it right. in Greece. So. Uh, you know, and that was built, what, in 120? 120. Not Still even standing. 120. What have I built? Doesn't Go build something because if anybody who built the Pantheon had problems, we don't know about it because nobody cares because yeah. you're dead and the only thing standing is the, part, is the Pantheon. Yeah. So yeah, if they own money problems. to creditors, nobody gives a crap. Forget your problems. And the, and and the and fact that something. there's people out there working really, really hard right now to keep yeah. the world from completely falling apart at the seams. Yeah, because yeah. it would. In a Behind the scenes without yes. credit. Yes. Yeah. Behind the scenes without Absolutely. credit. Exactly. We had no idea. I mean, I had no idea that this much was going on and, and people were living such remote, uh, reclusive lives in, in these horrible corners of the world. Yeah. Just so I can sit up here and talk about movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I love that. I love that. What did, while he was giving the State of the Union, that was our, like, yeah. you know, Obama? Well, he was at the Obama, Obama, correspondence. Yeah. A dinner. Of course, he was being dinner. hysterical. He was going at the correspondence with the, 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 dinner. The press guys. Meanwhile, they're capping a Meanwhile, a he knows. Yeah. That he's gave that order. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. And the he's final bad. thing I'll say about Tale of Two Worlds about Chastain being such a hard ass. She's there's that scene where she goes into the 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 SEAL team and briefs them on what's happening. And first of all, it's just the biggest group of fucking you know muscle heads in. Like, how do we lose anything? It's like, the, with it's, twenty of these guys, we should win every war. And Pratt's in there, it's right? The, Chris Pratt, right? Chris yeah. Pratt's in there, yeah. It's the soldiers from Aliens, but yeah. they really exist. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're just yeah. like the baddest. And she has this great line where she goes in, she says, uh, I, Osama bin Laden's in that house, you're going to go in there, and you're going to kill him for me. Wow. I just would love to say that to somebody and have it know it's going to be true. Well, you're going to go over there, you're going to kill this guy for me. Anyway, that's what I saw. Yeah. And, of course, Karen always tracking what dogs are doing in movies. There, there were was dogs. a dog. Yeah. There were dogs they yeah. took in to go get Bin Laden. They didn't come out. They never showed them coming correct, out. Correct, correct. So, I, I, you know, they're dogs, so they probably just see the helicopter take <laughs> off with everybody in it, and they go, I live here now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go and smell something. That is, that is the dog way. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, there's food here. <laughs> <laughs> After all that training, all that military, whatever, you know. <laughs> You're right, you never see them get them back no, out of the helicopter. But I'm okay with that, because I think they're, they're seal dogs. They can handle it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anybody else see anything? Because I didn't. I'll admit, I'll uh, I, I need to see Still Alice, and I will before yeah. the Oscars. Uh, yeah, you got to get all revved up to get sad about that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's a classic Can't Oscar movie. Have. That's a classic Oscar movie. Yeah, it's just gonna, it's just going to go bad. Yeah. Just going to go <laughs> it's bad. Not, is this the movie where it. she cures yeah. Alzheimer's? No. <laughs> <laughs> and Paul is crystallized still Alice. Yeah. Yeah, I did right. see uh, Downton Abbey. I've been doing the TV, guys. Sorry, I saw some Walking yeah, Dead and hey, Downton Abbey. As we said, TV has turned into movies nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Downton Abbey is a movie. Sure. Yeah, when we talked about that last week, I felt a little bad for movies. My best friend, you know? My best friend is movies. Yeah. I felt bad we were down and under. But, you know, but hey, there's great TV out there. Yes. But the movies will never have reality television. They tried from yep. Justin to Kelly. They tried the real Cancun. The movie says, get the fuck out of here. They tried 21 and over. Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw a documentary the, uh, called And the Oscar Goes To. Have you seen oh. it? It's on, oh, yeah, I've um, seen that. On Netflix. Spoiler well. alert! Um, <laughs> no, not for the 2015 <laughs> oh, season. <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a prediction. Oh, okay. um, it, it was a really cool movie. I thought it was very inspiring, you know, as an actor, just to to see other actors, um, you know, describing 
how they actually were surprised and how like they struggled and like to be nominated was like something out of the blue for, for the history them. of the Oscars. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. A lot, there aren't yeah. a lot of places too where you can always find some of those acceptance speeches too, but a lot of them are in this doc, right? Yeah. yeah. If, if I'm thinking of the right one, because there's been a couple, I think. Um. Yeah. Well, there's yeah, there's some acceptance speeches, and they show like the history of how it all started. Uh, uh, by the way, it's, first it's very Oscars. interesting. First Oscars was right here at the um, Roosevelt Hotel. Roosevelt, yeah. Yeah, right yeah. here. I wanted to say at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. And they told yeah. them ahead of time who won, which was interesting oh. to yeah. 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 It was a, the ceremony was a formality. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Not so, to mention uh, that. Nobody ever opens it and goes, really? <laughs> you never get that response. Except for Harrison Ford when he gets Shakespeare in love. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Guess what? Bring out Harrison Ford to give it a Oscar to Steven Spielberg. <laughs> oh, that's right. All right, let's uh, wrap that's up hilarious. the show the best way we know how. Karen's celebration of the birthdays of those who make the movies. It's time for Karen's birthdays. Tell us, Karen, whose birthdays are going to be overshadowed by the Oscars. Let's start off our week of birthdays by wishing a very happy birthday to Miles Teller, who oh. turns 27 but can play anywhere from who to oh, hey. Absolutely. We all know Miles as we were just talking about him as the breakout star of Whiplash. He's been playing the drums since he was 16 years old, so he was able to do his own drumming in the movie. Here's a couple of fun facts about Miles. Fun fact. Fun fact. In high school, (laughs) the first role he ever played was a part of Willard in Footloose, the kid that learns how to dance. Cut to a few years later when he played the role again in the remake of the movie. Oh, really? How many people can say they played the role in high school in their high school musical? And then went on to make the movie of it. Mm, interesting. Like growing up in Egypt and then working with Clint Eastwood. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Like His first acting simple. role was starring opposite. Okay, let me say this again. His first acting role in a movie was starring opposite Nicole Kidman in Rabbit Hole. Because Good film. that's how Rabbit that happens. Yeah. Right? Yes, it's a born rabbit hole. And Miles said, <laughs> honestly, I'm not a big movie buff in general. The only movies I own are probably the Indiana Jones trilogy. All right, well, respect. If you're going to get three. So, Paul... <laughs> if you're going to get three. <laughs> you're going to get three. Next up, let's wish a very happy birthday to Jason Ritter, who turns Ooh. 35, but can play anywhere from the son of John Ritter to the grandson of Tex Ritter. Ah. He is known for his work on the TV series Gravity Falls and Parenthood. And we all know his famous father, John Ritter, and Jason actually had an uncredited role in the opening credits of his father's hit sitcom, Three's Company. Whenever you see the beginning and Janet Wood is petting a goat in the petting zoo, there's a little boy standing next to her, and that's him. I remember that. I remembered that, too. It's crazy. Now, we all know that these two men have tons of television credits, but what movies have they been in? So I met up a little game. John Ritter. John Ritter? And Jason Ritter. So I will give you the name of a movie, and you tell me if it's Jason Ritter movie or John Ritter movie. All right? Morning. With Janine Triplehorn and Laura Linney. Oh, it's gotta be John. No. God. Wait, Laura Linney? Laura Linney and Gene Triplehorn. She hasn't been acting in 20 years. No, you're wrong. That would be a Jason Ritter movie. Let's move along to Tadpole with Sigourney Weaver. Wait, which one? Tadpole with Sigourney Weaver. Oh, that's gotta be Jason. John. And that's after John. And the winner is John. Absolutely. Very good. Let's go on to Terror Track. You guys have heard all these movies. Terror Track? No, you're Tracked. stumping T-R-A-C-T. me. T-R-A-C-T. Terror Tracked. Terror Tracked. John or Jason? 
Like a religious church. I'll say Jason. Yeah, oh say my Jason. God, John! I had no what? idea you wouldn't get any of these. Wow. <laughs> okay. Amos, you're only one getting this. Don't like. I don't like three other movies. That's why. The Big Ass, starring David Krumholtz. Oh, The Big Ass has got to be Jason. That is Jason Ritter. Isn't yeah, that fun that yeah. okay. we had him on our show? Yeah. We had friend of the show. Friend of the show. Yep. What John Ritter movie was it where he put on the glow in the dark condom? <laughs> Skin deep. Skin deep. I don't have that on here. I was waiting for that one. All That's right. Swim fan. Swim fan. Yes. Wait a minute. That was Red Savage. Good question. Good question. Wasn't it? It was Jason Ritter. And Jason Ritter. All right. Ritter. How yeah. about this one? Trip fall with Rachel Hunter. <laughs> Trip fall with Rachel Trip Hunter. Fall. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say John Ritter back when Rachel Hunter was in her prime. Yes, it's all, a, right. all right, good. Uh, hey man, Sling Blade. That's John Ritter. Oh, that's all right, John. Ritter. I wanted to get one right. That's John yes. How great was he? Yeah. And lastly, so let's wish a very happy birthday to Jennifer Love Hewitt, who turns 35 but can play anywhere from a kid incorporated to a meta tag that you definitely want to put on your YouTube page because you'll get a ton of hits accidentally. I think we used to do that in the movie, guys, didn't we? Jessica Biel. Jessica Jennifer Biel, Love Hewitt. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yep. That'll get people to come to your site. <laughs> Put those tags in your thing, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all know her work from the uh, TV show Ghost Whisperer. I mean, I haven't watched it, but we all know that she was on it. We know and about it. We all know that. We say no, we know. Yeah, yeah, we know. And we all know her from I Know What You Did, the uh, yada, yada, yada movies. Yeah. But, and Bart, you can correct me if I'm wrong. We mostly know her because she is smoking hot. Yes. In a Playboy interview, Love commented about her breasts, saying, oh. I just accepted them as a great accessory that goes great with every outfit. Oh, they do. <laughs> you know what they look best with? Nothing at all. <laughs> she also has said, We had this joke on the set of I Know What You Did Last Summer. All the girls were tiny tops, so we called it, I Know What Your Breast Did Last Summer. Paul, for the YouTube, can you put up a shot of her topless just to just for us? No, she did that show, The Client List, and they put out yep. billboards where her cleavage was like too much and caused car accidents. <laughs> <laughs> so they took it down. They took it down. Well, That's now that you're real mentioning cleavage. The Client List, now, Lee, you know how much I love when celebrities sing. <gasps> Karen loves when celebrities sing. I do. I love it. And I just wanted to say, even though we can't quite listen to it live, but I'll definitely put it in for you. I'm going to have us listen to a little Jennifer Love Hewitt, who's been singing for years, by the way, people. So she's actually really good. She's going to sing I'm a Woman from the Client List. But I I say, even though you can hear it and, and all that, you need to go to YouTube and put an I'm a Woman, the Client List. And she comes out dressed like a man in a suit, and they're all dancing. And then she just rips that off. And she's got this little tiny yeah, lingerie, and then she's bouncing on top of the top of the lingerie, and she dances around, and it's fantastic. Oh, end the show. End the show. Hurry up. I got to go. Well, that wraps another movie showcast, everybody. Follow us on Twitter at TheMovieGuys and Facebook.com slash TheMovieGuys, as well as iTunes, Vimeo, YouTube, SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram, LinkedIn, all that shit. Thanks to Iman Saman, everybody. Hey. Thank Where can we find you online? Do you uh, have a social media presence, that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, you can find me on my website, imansaman.com, uh, or Twitter, I think, uh, imanation, uh, at imanation. A-Y-A-M-A-N-A-T-I-O-N. And I would say, go see American Sniper, but apparently... Yeah. $300 million worth of tickets means most amazing. everybody has. Or just buy it on DVD because the residuals are nice. Um, <laughs> there you go. See? It goes it. right here. <laughs> um, and thanks to Steve Schultz, not only for contributing to the show as he does every week with writing, but he introduced Iman to the yeah, movie, guys. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Cool. And uh, 
Oh, and Steve would also like to remind everybody that this week's episode of the Movie Showcast will sync up perfectly with the Oscars red carpet pre-show. So just play us underneath uh, and watch the magic happen. All right. If you really enjoyed it, it will also sync up to side two of Pink Floyd's Echoes, I've heard. And if you're not enjoying it, watch Jennifer Love Hewitt wiggle her body around. If you're not enjoying the Oscars, just go watch it instead. Well, that's where you should be right now. They probably didn't watch the end of this. Thanks There's no way they're watching Goodbye. still. Thank you. <laughs>